It is February of 1972. The weather is cold across the land around Mount Asama in Japan. A holiday lodge is the center of national attention. Asama Sanso, as the incident came to be known, was telecast daily for a span of 10 days. It was a standoff. Inside the holiday lodge were five revolutionaries or terrorists, depending on your side. They were part of a group called the United Red Army. They wanted a widespread communist revolution in Japan. Along with them was a woman who was the wife of the caretaker of the lodge. Here's the problematic part. She was their hostage. This incident was to become a huge push for a humble product to become a global phenomenon. That product was cup noodles. This is Vikyat Mutyala and welcome to the show Talking of Giants. In Talking of Giants, we talk about the stories of different giants of their fields. In season 1, we talk about the stories of brands, the stories that made them the giants that they are today. And today, particularly, we talk about the story of the instant noodles giant, Nissin. The story of Nissin starts in post-war Japan. As with most war-torn places, people had difficulty after World War II to access food. Momofuku Ando, the protagonist of our story, was then a man in his 40s. He had tried out various ventures by that time. He had been involved in the production of charcoal. He had been involved in the production of salt. He used to make slide projectors. He even opened a school. They were ventures with meager to moderate success. What he did not know at this point was that he was an entrepreneur that was one idea away from being a legend. Walking the streets one day, he noticed a crowd waiting near a makeshift stall, waiting for a bowl of ramen noodles. This was a time of extreme shortage. The Japanese were actually being encouraged to eat wheat-based foods as rice was in shortage. The Japanese were more acquainted with rice and a campaign was going on to encourage them to eat more wheat because US was providing relief in the form of surplus wheat. And these, this wheat was being used to make foods like bread which were at the time not very familiar to the Japanese. Ando wondered why they could not start using the same wheat to make ramen instead. It was after all the more familiar option. Ando went to work. He wanted to find an easier way to make ramen. It was an easy dish to make at home with just hot water and a few ingredients. The problem was that Ando did not have a lot of experience with making ramen. So he set up a workshop behind his house and got to work. He barely got 4 hours of sleep a night. A year later, the Eureka moment happened. He was watching his wife make tempura. Tempura is a dish in which seafood or other alternatives are battered and deep fried. He noticed that the very hot oil took out the moisture out of the flour. He realized that if in the same way he could remove the moisture from the noodles, he could create the type of product he dreamed of, 
one that could be made quickly and one that could be stored for a long period of time. This led him to try removing the moisture with hot oil. After much experimentation, he created a method called flash frying. This method of making ramen within a couple of minutes became a matter of surprise for the media. So much so that they dubbed it the magic ramen. Time passed, but instant ramen did not turn out to be the poor people's savor that the ambitions of Ando suggested. The chicken ramen, which was the first ramen to be launched, costed 35 yen. In comparison, a bowl of udon noodles only cost 6. Due to the heavy costs, initially wholesalers were reluctant to even stock it. But hey, it was a great idea and its time had come. No one was going to stop it. The taste and thrill of the new product worked its magic on the people. There were requests for this ramen everywhere and sure enough, the wholesalers bowed. Momofuku Ando's vision was a success. From this success was born the company that we today know as Nissin. But Ando's life of innovation was not going to end that day. No. The business grew and on a tour to the United States, he witnessed something that caught his attention. Employees of a supermarket put his ramen into a paper cup, added hot water, ate it with a fork and discarded the cup. This incredibly simple way of eating the ramen stuck with Ando. He wanted to create a similar form of product which could be easily made using hot water and eaten with a fork in the very container it came in. While it seems like a duh moment now, there were many challenges with launching this product. Finding the right amount of ramen to put in was an initial challenge. Too little and the ramen would rattle inside and too much and it would topple the container. And oh, by the way, the container itself was a huge challenge. They first had to figure out what the container would be like and after going through 40 prototypes, they finally decided on a container that looks like an enlarged shape of a paper cup. But the problem was they couldn't find a manufacturer that was good enough to make the material that they wanted. This was not the Japan of today. The material they had decided on was polystyrene foam. So Momofuku Ando decided that we would bring the production in-house. After going through all these cha challenges and finally settling on the large hand-sized cup that is symbolic of the product now, the cup noodles was finally ready for the market. But the market wasn't ready for cup noodles. For one, it was really expensive for what was basically a cup-sized serving of normal food that did not yet have any cultural relevance. It was also seen as rude to eat while you're standing. It was an uphill battle to make cup noodles a relevant part of culture before it became widely adapted. The results were bleak. Things were looking hard. Till Asama Sanso. In February 1972, five members of the group United Red Army held a woman hostage in a lodge. The standoff lasted 10 days. Every detail of the event was reported widely nationwide. People followed every event closely. Then something happened that would give a major boost to cup noodles. 
the situation was many police were sent to the incident there were people in full riot gear there were policemen in full riot gear and pictures of them were obviously all over the media and they were in every home but there was one particular thing that happened that a few images started circulating of policemen in full riot gear no less eating cup noodles because it was hard for them to uh, access other other food in the area this small inconvenience to the policemen became a huge help to nissan these pictures were all over the country it was all over the media people started talking about cup noodles and the popularity of cup noodles made people buy it more and more slowly the product had enough strength to expand to other countries top ramen the brand under which nissan already existed in america also started growing this small aperture that was granted to cup noodles seemed and proved large enough for cup noodles to finally break through so the next time you rip open a packet of top ramen we have momofuku ando to thank and maybe a group of journalists who covered asama sanso and by the way just to stir some stuff up i'll say this top ramen tastes better than maggi yeah I'll see you next time. Talking of Giants is a student wiki podcast hosted by Vikyat Mutyala. Soundtrack has been composed by Bertie Ashley. You can contact me Vikyat Mutyala at studentwiki5 at gmail dot com. That is student v i k k y five at gmail dot com. Hope you enjoyed the show.